0: If you want to really upgrade your nonprofit's revenue then you're going to want to reach out to corporate partners, secure some grants, get some private foundations to fund you and if you're talking to the right people that have a lot of money they are gonna to want to know how you're gonna deliver on something that's meaningful to them and you do that through developing a proposal okay and you need to have this proposal. Proposals are really great to have because you want to know, how are you going to use that money? How What are you actually going to achieve for them? How are you going to report that back to them? A lot of times people might say, hey, what, do you have an idea for something? And you go, yeah, we have this idea. And they go, can we give you $10,000 for that? And you go, oh my gosh, $10,000. Sure, I'll take that. But then you get into the project and you're like, holy smokes, this is way more work than $10,000. So proposals have in them timelines and methods of how you're going to actually do this project. And there's budgets of how does everything actually break down and how much is it really going to cost and how much of your time is it going to take so that you feel really good by the time you're handing over proposal about when you get that money, what are you going to do? How are you actually going to execute it? How much is it going to cost you? And you don't get in way over your head because you didn't really think these things through. So, You don't need to get super overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, we have to develop these proposals because what I'm going to do is walk you through just the basics, what you need to develop a winning proposal. I have won hundreds of thousands of dollars in grants using this proposal template. So I'm going to give that to you. And today I'm actually talking to you from my home office computer because I'm going to walk through that with you. So let's talk about it. Welcome to episode 20 of the Harvesting Results Show where I help you serve others by offering tools, resources, and advice so that you can nurture the roots to harvest the fruits of all of your hard work and dedication to your unique cause. I am Rebecca Britt, your host, and today we are talking about one of my favorite things which is proposal writing. Now, if you are just like me and you like to work while you learn, you can head on over to katulo.com slash proposal, and there will be a completely editable template for you to work alongside of me as we go through this proposal template so that you can start writing your winning proposal today. All right, head on over there, pause this video, grab your downloadable template, and I'll meet you back. Okay. Here we are in the template. Now, if you're listening on the audio podcast, you are going to want to grab this template when you can. Listening to this, you should still get the basic elements of a good proposal, but when you can, it'll make a lot more sense when you're actually in the proposal with us. So that's katulo.com proposal, and you can grab that. Okay. So, First things first, the logo. You wanna start, go ahead, change this out. Obviously you're not Cthulhu, so you're gonna wanna put your organization's logo there. Organization name, this is all on the title page. So you're gonna have your logo at the top, and then you're gonna have your name, organization name, and then you're gonna have an authorized negotiator. So who is the org's contact? name. This could be you. This could be director of operations. This could be somebody else, maybe your evaluation person, but a lot of times it's you, right? Um, your title, your phone, and your email. So all of your contact information should be on the title page. Then you're going to have a table of contents and this is really important. Funders love table of contents. People love table of contents. It lets them know what's coming up. Everything that is, uh, involved in the proposal, all of the pieces of it and where they can find each thing. So of course, they might want to know timeline and budget right off the bat. This table of contents is going to let them know how to dive right to those things. So it also shows that you're super organized and you have this laid out in a really systematic way. So let's dive into the actual contents. Just so you know, in Word, uh, they, Word provides a table of contents function. So you can actually add a table of contents that is going to automatically update as you update different things so you don't have to like remember what page number you did something on and go make sure that that's right and check all of those Uh, you should be able to well i just clicked on one of the things and it brought me to the portion of it but you should be able to uh, right mouse click you can click update fields and that will just automatically update the page numbers as you develop your proposal so Um, always using that table of contents, very helpful, that function. Okay. And how you do that is by making sure that these headings are um, selected as headings up at the top of your Word screen. If you need more help with that, sure, you can just YouTube uh, table of contents in Word. So the first piece of a proposal is going to be a project overview. So this is a summary of the whole project. You want a very quick, paragraph that just says, what are you trying to do here? What will you accomplish with this funding so that people kind of get oriented to what you're even talking about? So this can be just a sentence or two, paragraph or two, just a really succinct. We are launching a survey. We are developing a program, um, and how you're going to do it just really few sentences. Then, you're going to want to go into the background. So this is the why the problem exists. Why do you need this program? Why is this a good program to start? Uh, why is this a good research study to do? So there may be lack of evidence for something. So you need to do research on it. There may be, um, you know, the Buffalo area has no resources for homeless. So you're going to talk about the history of that. Like, what about Buffalo? What about the homeless population? What has been tried? What hasn't worked? Why is your method going to work? Okay. So you really want a good background in your background. You should have some lit review. You should have some cited uh, research that kind of shows that you have done your homework and you understand the problem. Okay? So why do we need this project? Why is it so critical? What's been done in the past and why are you choosing your specific approach? That's the background. Then you go into your professional overview. Why is your organization uniquely positioned to do this work? So what has your organization accomplished thus far? to position yourself as a leader in the space? Who is your team? What are their qualifications? So you could say, you know, this organization has launched several of these programs. We have a proven track record. Um, We have great community connections, we're lacking this one piece and that's why we're doing this. We have a team that's made up of X, Y and Z or maybe we're hiring consultants or we work closely with the different departments or agencies that you're going to need to pull off a program like this or a study like this. Um, And then talking about what their qualifications are and making the funder feel really good about your professional position to pull off this program. And you can literally like, you can just write that out as a narrative, or you can say, you know, write it out as a paragraph and then underneath literally write like Rebecca Britt, uh, you know, program evaluation and say a bio about that person, um, or your, you know, your bio as it pertains to this project. So if you have specific experience that you've been a, you know, principal investigator on a study similar, or if you've launched a program, write that in the bio so that they can understand why you're uniquely positioned to do this. So not just your organization, but the people you have there too, if you want to highlight them, if you don't have people and you don't feel like your team is very, uh, that they articulate that you can do this well, um, then just leave the team out and just say why your, your organization's well positioned to do it. Then your proposed approach, write a sentence or two here to summarize your proposed approach. For example, Blank organization proposes a three-phased approach to develop and launching this program in an effort to reduce da-da-da-da-da. Okay. So just a sentence or two of what your proposed approach is. So maybe if you're launching a nationwide survey to get a representative sample of all doctors in the area to understand their barriers in providing good care. Okay. Or... Blank Organization proposes a three-phase approach to researching, developing, and launching a training program for mentors across the United States. Okay, so just a little blurb right there. Then dive into your actual project design. What are the different phases and how are you actually going to do them? for phase one. Let's say phase one is information gathering. So what do you actually have to do? Do you have to still do your lit review? Do you have to figure out what's out there? Do you have to, maybe um, phase one is developing a work group um, and you need to get all the people together, right? Because before you have the funding, you're not telling people that you can, you need a work group or an advisory council to work on this new project. So maybe phase one is getting the development of the work group together. That's actually going to inform the program development. Phase two might be market research. It might be testing. It might be actual development. Uh, Phase three might be assembly or launch or data collection or data analysis. So just what are the different phases? And then you really want to think about your methodology in a very granular level because you want to know, like if you are launching a national survey to figure out you know, what people think about X, Y, and Z, or how they like their health coverage, or um, if they like living in a certain area or whatever, how are you gonna do that? How are you designing the survey? How are you recruiting people to take the survey? How are you promoting the survey? Where are you holding the survey? Like, are you doing it in SurveyMonkey? Are you doing it in Google form? Who's collecting those things? How are you keeping uh, those answers protected? How are you analyzing the data after? So just saying like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, we could do a national survey. could you, how? I mean, do you know people that are going to take this survey? Do you know how to recruit? Do you know how much recruitment costs if you're going to pay for recruiting through like a a sample company? It's expensive. So a lot of times people think like, oh, we'll just, we will get, you know, $15,000 and we'll launch a survey and we'll just put it on our Facebook and anybody can opt in. Well, those are very specific survey techniques that may have um, bias implications. So if you're only putting it on your social media, you're not really getting a representative sample because it's people that know you and are more apt to fill out a survey. So there's some things to think about when you are doing things like studies. Um, and you really wanna get down to like, how are you thinking through all of these things? If you are doing wanting to do a study like that, um, I am always available to uh, talk about uh, consulting with you on that. If you're doing a program and you're pretty sure that you know how to launch the program, you're going to get a work group together, you're going to develop the elements of the program, you're going to recruit volunteers for the program, you're going to develop an onboarding training. That Okay, so all of those things are a lot, right? You have to figure out like, how are you doing your onboarding training? Who's developing that? Are you doing it as an online training? Is it going to be like a Zoom call? Is it in person? All of those things like you've really got to think it through. Now there is a balance here. A lot of times I'm like, listen, I don't want to do that much work before I get the money, right? Like part of the proposal will say like this is to be developed with a work group or we will figure out what software we're using with a work group or whatever because you don't want to do the whole project before you get the funding. But you have to think it through. You at least have to know what you're going to do with the money, what questions you're going to answer, what things you're going to have to figure out if you're actually going to launch this. And it will help you, especially when we get to the timeline section, because you need to be able to tell your funder how long this is going to take you. And if you don't think through all of those steps, all the time it's going to take to get 200 responses on a survey or it's going to take to research and develop all the elements and train all the volunteers and all of that. Then you might say that you can do this in the next five months when there's no way you can do this in the next five months. So got to think, think it through, write your different phases, write all the steps that make sense for your project and the more, you know, specific you can get on how you're really going to do something. So if somebody feels really good, like, wow, you've thought this through and you get all the pieces of this, that's what you want in the design section. Then a section on reporting. So how are you going to report back to your funders? So a lot of times funders have uh, templates and um, models that you have to follow to report back how you're using their money and what performance indicators you're hitting. But If you include this, they will love that you are already thinking about reporting. You're already committing to what you um, want to do to track progress and to share that impact with them. So anything that you can think of as far as how are you going to report back to them? Are you going to send them a narrative report quarterly? Are you going to just tell them at the end what the report is, how the project went? Are there specific KPIs like... We are going to get 50 people enrolled in the study. We are going to have 50 responses to this survey by April. And that will be the first report. And so we'll let you know how we're doing on that. Are you going to have certain milestones of the project that you're going to report at the end of each one of those? So think about when you're reporting and how. Is that going to be an email to the funder? Are you guys going to get on a Zoom call and you're going to walk them through a PowerPoint? You know, I would also caution you to not commit to too much here in reporting, you know, the least you can get away with the better. So I think saying that you're dedicated to reporting and you want to keep them in the know and that you'll give them an update, quarterly updates on progress is nice. And that's a really easy thing to fulfill because a quarterly update could be an email. It could be, like I said, a zoom call. It could be a very structured, like we're telling you exactly how we're hitting these different KPIs and writing up like a narrative summary. But, keeping it so you're not committing to so much because then you spend more time on reporting than you do on actually trying to fulfill the project, right? But I think it's really important to include here and think about how are you going to report back. Then we go into timeline. So what are your timeline for key activities? Um, and I have a example here but you're going to want to think about so like a lot of times I break projects down into quarters a lot of times my projects are you know they might take a year to get done you might go you know from September to October this is what's going to happen you might say for um, the last quarter of the year October through December this is what's going to happen but just bullet out the key activities that need to happen in that quarter. And then this gives you something to report on as well. So when you go back to do those quarterly reports, you can look, did I, did I hit all of those bullet points? So some examples we have here is like, you need to do a kickoff meeting. You're going to have to develop the survey testing group. You're going to have to develop the survey. You're going to have to do a pre-screening tool for your survey. You need to incorporate the feedback and then have the survey finalized. Those are just if you were going to develop a survey, this is just some examples. Um, Then in the next month, you need to launch the survey. You need to collect responses. You need to assess preliminary findings. In the next month, you need to do a quantitative analysis, a qualitative analysis. You need to uh, develop the report. Um, You need to deliver final deliverables. So everything that you need to do, if it's assembling the work group, if it's developing the program materials, Um, if it's developing the onboarding training, if it's getting the volunteers, if it's launching the program, starting the social media campaign, all of the things that you're going to need to do, at least at the higher levels, make sure that you bullet out in when you're going to do those. Okay. And then you have deliverables. So the deliverables section is very specifically, what will the funder get? So... The survey will be done by a specific date, so expected completion date. Um, The survey data with preliminary findings will be done by this date. So maybe if this was launching a program, you would say the program outline is gonna be done this day. Um, The onboarding training is gonna be done this day. The launch of the program will be done this day. We will have enrolled, you know, 50 people by this day, whatever, whatever those key deliverables are. Um, Deliverables are typically like the actual things. So I just said enroll 50 people and that's not really a thing. Um, So if it's reports, Um, If it's the program outline, if it's an actual training that you're developing, if it's a PDF one-sheeter that you're having as part of this, those are deliverables. They're pieces of the program uh, that you need to actually develop and should be done at some point. So deliverables, expected completion date. It's done in a table for you. And then finally, the budget. How much will this cost for people and supplies? So the way I like to break these down is project team time and costs and then other costs. So you're going to talk about the principal or the project lead and you want to do a detailed uh description of their job next to that in a table. So you know, responsible for project management or collaboration with the funder and staff, the testing group, um, they're going to do some of the analysis, whatever. And then usually I put that's an average of 10 hours per week, or that's an average of five hours per week or five hours a month or whatever it's going to take. And then I break it down of, so that's 125 hours for the full year, um, or for the 10 weeks or whatever, put the unit rate. $150 an hour for that person? And then what is the total? So this is all done in a a table for you and then list out other people. Do you need a program director? Do you need an evaluation specialist? Do you need a quantitative analysis? Like who do you need on your team and write out each one of those people and what it would be to contract a person for that. So you can go see, you know, maybe you're gonna fifty bucks an hour for different contractors, a hundred bucks an hour for uh, different contractors. So just write that down in your table along with what they're going to be responsible for, and then you can total up all of your project team time costs in that first section. And then other costs are like travel. Do you need to travel and during uh, a presentation, do you need to go to the funder and actually pay for airfare or whatever? Are there program supplies? The paper that it takes to develop this program, the software that it takes to develop this program. Maybe you're launching an online course for volunteers and that's gonna be, you know, whatever the software costs. Maybe there's a a migration of your website over to this uh, online course platform. Um, maybe you need to get literally like soup for a soup kitchen and, or maybe you need to get all the materials to build a clubhouse, like whatever it is, all those other costs go under that. Um, if it's materials for a program where you're going to actually have like activities and arts and crafts and stuff like that, all of that stuff goes here and try to make a line item for each thing. So it's very clear how much everything's going to cost. Then you'll have your project total and you'll be able to, assess your budget. Now there's two ways in doing this. Some people say, I know I want funding for this thing. So I would say, go ahead and write your proposal, even if you don't have funding, because anytime somebody asks, there's an opportunity or somebody says, do you have a project you're working on or whatever? You can say, actually we do. It's right here. We've got our whole budget. This is what we're going to need for it. And you know, other times people are approached and they say like, a funder says, hey, I have $20,000 or whatever. So you actually have to go back to your proposal or maybe you have to start this proposal knowing that your budget is gonna be capped out at 20,000. So that doesn't mean that you go, okay, I guess we'll just do it for 20,000. We wanted to do it anyway. Parse down your project to actually meet $20,000. So maybe you can be like, you know what? We've actually done the math on this and it's gonna take us $75,000, but we could do a pilot program We could take out these elements we could run the program for only five weeks and we could see how it goes for that twenty thousand um and then in hopes if this all goes well we'll actually have more to show for a phase two where we can get more funding and uh be able to do the the full program not just a pilot program so um don't feel like you need to over deliver and you know spend more money than the funders willing to give if the funder can only fund a certain portion of this or just a pilot or a smaller piece of the project, tell them that's what they need to do. Then you open yourself up for opportunities to do phase two with them or for them to become a partner, um, in doing the full fledged program beyond the pilot. And really the initial money, rather than saying, we'll do the whole thing. Thank you so much for $25,000. If the initial money is 10,000 or whatever, then you're really showing them like, sure, let let me show you, you can trust me with your money. Let me show you how good we are, how organized we are, how good we are at reporting and how we deliver. And then once our relationship's really good and you can see all the great work we've done and, and you see how we execute on contracts, then um, you'll really build this beautiful foundation for a long-term relationship with more funding, more opportunities. And then you know, you get that $10,000 contract and you execute on it and you do well, and then you can put that on your website. And then next time you're writing a background or you're writing your professional overview of why are you uniquely positioned to do this? You can say, cause we just did this other project and this is, these were the deliverables. This is the report that came out of that. This is the findings that came out of that. So, so view everything as like not a one-off, like sweet, that's $10,000. No, like not only are you building your mission, but you are building your portfolio of the contracts that you execute on and you're building that name, right? That people are going to trust because you have credibility with other funders. Okay, I hope that this was helpful. I hope you guys are ready to set your proposals on fire. And if there's a section I missed, if there's something else that you like to put in your proposals that I didn't touch on, If there is something that you have done that has been helpful, or if you're still having questions, please comment below. Let me know what your questions are. I'm happy to answer. And, you know, thank you guys so much for your service to this world.